Funding for Journeys of Discovery with Tom Wilmer is provided by the Foundation at Hearst Castle, where donors and members experience exclusive events that recreate what it was like to be a guest of William Randolph Hearst, from swimming in the iconic Neptune pool to dining in Hearst's private guesthouse overlooking the Pacific Ocean. The Foundation at Hearst Castle's ongoing mission is to support the conservation and restoration of Hearst Castle while offering youth programs for underserved students. Discover how you can become a member by going to Foundation at hearstcastle.com and learn how you can support this unique and invaluable mission. Who's on your mind? Who's on your mind? When we're kissing Executive chef Ross Burtwell has been busy creating culinary offerings that pay homage to classic Texas dishes with a unique twist at his Fredericksburg, Texas Cabernet Grill. A lobster-topped ribeye steak with green chili gravy is a most memorable Cabernet Grill offering, while a couple of Burtwell's ever-popular dessert offerings include a honey lavender peach crisp and a killer chicken fried pecan pie paired with a scoop of Jack Daniels ice cream, of course. Burtwell melds his distinctive cuisine with an array of Texas wines, the largest Texas wine list in America, and by default, the world, I would imagine. People come for the fine cuisine, but many spend a romantic night or the weekend in one of Burtwell's classic historic cotton gin village log cabins. I'm your host, Tom Wilmer. Come along and join the conversation with Ross Burtwell at the legendary Cabernet Grill in historic Fredericksburg, Texas. And by the way, in his spare time, Burtwell managed to pen a popular cookbook, Texas Hill Country Cuisine, flavors from the Cabernet Grill Texas Wine Country Restaurant. Ross Burtwell, culinary artist, hotelier, here we are in Fredericksburg, Texas. How did you get here? Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Well, I had been in Texas ever since I was about 18 years old, but about 20 years ago, I had an opportunity, a friend of mine who was in the real estate business, had a property out in Fredericksburg that he was showing. Where were you living at that time? I was in San Antonio, Mm -hmm. and so that particular property had a restaurant attached to it and a little bit of lodging and he uh, wanted me to take a look at it thought it might be interesting for me and I did and came out here to Fredericksburg and the rest is history so to speak I fell in love with this place that I'm operating now 20 years later interesting but before you came out here and became a hill country hotelier in Fredericksburg Mm -hmm. 
was it chefdom? Was that your world? Was in the kitchen primarily? Yes. So how did you spread your wings and take on more than just working in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, the time I spent in the kitchen had largely been in hotels and mm-hmm. resorts uh, prior to uh, my engagement here. So I had a little bit of background in knowing how the hotel operations worked and all that, but mm-hmm. this was my first time being an actual innkeeper. School of hard knock. Man, that's biting off a full-time job plus just the hotel end of what you do. It is, but, you know, if it's a labor of love, it's fantastic. So in which ways is it re- most rewarding? Are you referring to the lodging side yeah, of things? or yeah, the? Yeah, the lodging side. I think that my favorite part is when I get a little opportunity in the afternoons and sometimes in the mornings to take a little stroll around our courtyard. And our guests have a tendency, or they love to sit out on their front porches. We have these uh, really nice little log cabins with rocker bench type porches on them and uh, people sit out there and I get to wander by and just have little conversations and learn where people are from and, and what brought them to the area. Interesting but you're also executive chef so you're literally in the kitchen in the back of the house a lot of the time. So some of the guests here don't even know that you exist, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, my staff has a, a term they call it. They call it a chef sighting. <laughs> I'm able to come out in the dining room and say hello to some people or when I'm out wandering the grounds. It, it doesn't happen for everyone all the time, but everyone knows, oh, we saw the chef today. So <laughs> That's great. For a moment, word picture of your accommodations. They're distinctive and literally unique in hospitality. You have a historic log cabin you brought. Actually, we have our original set of lodging was seven authentic 1800s log cabins. They were harvested out of Tennessee and Kentucky brought down here timber by timber and reassembled on the property. And of course, when we did that, we added in a few modern amenities, you know, like uh, jacuzzi tubs and Mm -hmm. small kitchenettes and things like that. But they really do have a very homey 1800s kind of feel to the inside. They're very rustic, very romantic, nice wood-burning fireplaces. Just a a great place to relax and feel like you're immersed in the, the Texas hill country. So even your new structures are, in a literal sense, old in that you've purposely gone out and found ancient wood and one not to reuse. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and the new structures we put together, which was just a few years ago, my instructions to the architect was, let's make sure that this fits in with the pattern, but I wanted to do something just a little bit different. So there's a lot of rock and timber involved in, in those particular cabins, mm-hmm. and uh, a little bit more modern amenities, uh, two-person walk-in showers, that kind of stuff. But once again, we went out and we found a bunch of rustic amenities to, to go inside the cabins to really set them off. Looking in from the outside, it appears that you intentionally created romantic getaways for couples, not for families. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's true. And in fact, we don't even allow children under the age of 12. What we're trying to do here is we want a place where people can escape the big city and, and just get down here to the hill country while they're exploring the wine area and all that and just really be able to relax, really tune out. And so that being said, there's probably some they check in, and that's the last you see of them. (laughs) (laughs) That does happen on occasion. Yeah, absolutely. And others use it as base camp for exploring 
the whole region in the area, right? They do, whether it's checking out the attractions throughout Fredericksburg, be it uh, Enchanted Rock or the museums or or doing some shopping, or a lot of our uh, clientele now is really geared towards exploring the Texas wine country, and we're at the epicenter for that. Literally, start with the name of your restaurant, Cabernet Grill. I mean, that says a lot about what is closest to your heart. Indeed. We have a a true focus on wine. I mean, that is our passion, and that's our niche. But it's specifically Texas wine, right? Yes, 100% Texas wine. We have the largest Texas wine list in the nation. Wow, that's really interesting. So there are little winophiles that seek you out. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, there are quite a few. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are are coming in this area specifically to enjoy, you know, engaging with the different wineries and such. And I think that what we do here, you know, not only providing them with a wonderful place to stay, but in the restaurant, we're matching up all the wines that they get to explore while they're out at the wineries and putting it right next to some unique hill country cuisine. And when you put food and wine together, that's when it really comes together. Yeah. If the chef does the proper pairing. Uh, well, and yeah. I have help with that. I, I do have a wonderful sommelier here by the name of Elizabeth Rodriguez, who uh, has really garnered attention for the wine list she's put together. Mm-hmm. Statistically, most grapes are grown up north, Lubbock in that area. Mm-hmm. But there are some people doing a fabulous job down here in the hill country there are i mean it took a lot of effort and um, trial and error exploring different varietals you know i think everyone started off with cabernet merlot and chardonnay and Mm -hmm. just found out that in some ways don't all those varietals work here they do in certain microclimates but not all the way around a lot of exploration you know into different varietals and and now i think that they've really taken hold of it in the here now is there a rock star hill country rattle that just knocks it out of the park? Well, you know, that's uh, it depends on who you ask right. on that one. It seems like every year there's another varietal that comes around that seems to be stronger than the, the last year, and you find more and more winemakers that are, are working with that. A couple of my absolute favorites, mm-hmm. and they have been for a while, are Tempranillo and, and Viognier. I think that those ones just really shine here in Texas. And it makes sense because going back in the day, the old country, they did best in fairly hot climates. So it follows. Absolutely. Your primary clientele would be, what, Texans, Midwest, people flying down from Chicago? Where do they come from? I would say that a good 90 to 95% of our clientele is, is based right here in Texas. Mm-hmm. And they're coming from some of the, the larger cities, be it Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, even a little bit from El Paso. But we do get some foreign travel as well, and also people from up east that are you know, exploring the, the hill country. Do you put on any special events, any draws for the wine seeker you know we used to do a monthly series of a texas vintner dinner where we would bring in a different vintner from different wineries and uh, uh, do a full tasting with them kind of got away from that with the pandemic just haven't gotten quite back Mm -hmm. to it yet but Um, it's in your mind in the plans it it could certainly be a part of the operation again okay well here's a question will get you in trouble a favorite couple winemakers of wine labels, Texas. (laughs) Oh, you are trying to get me in trouble, (laughs) aren't you? (laughs) 
Well, we could go three or four. You know, there's so many great people out there that mm -hmm. are, are doing some just spectacular stuff. I, I guess one of my one of the guys that I really admire for his tenacity is uh, Dan Gatlin of Inwood Estates. Um, and where are they located? They originally started in Dallas, which not very many wineries up there did, but uh, presently they have uh, their uh, tasting room, which is just outside of Fredericksburg over in Stonewall area. And their grapevines are grown where? Oh, they are grown up in the uh, the plains, but mm -hmm. Dan was one of the very first to go out and find some cotton growers that were willing to put in some grapes back mm -hmm. at that time and did a lot of experimentation with Tempranillo up there. He's one of the ones that really brought it to uh, be a, a fruit that's definitely uh, utilized widely now in Texas. And how about a hill country? guy that grows up there and produces oh i think pedernalis sellers does an absolute fantastic job they've been doing one of my absolute favorite vnas and in fact if uh, you've ever heard of the wine competition in leon france i, I think it was uh, that movie uh bottle shock was yeah. based off of that right yeah. so they did the same thing with their viennier at that competition really? they actually won that one yeah and upset the french big and, time. yes they did <laughs> <laughs> david colkin's the winemaker out there. an absolute fantastic job that says a lot bottle shock one of my favorite movies yeah absolutely yeah, classic okay a little bit more about your world let's go back back of the house in the kitchen mm-hmm you're still at the griddle and the grill and coming up with item, culinary yeah. treat. Talk to us about your philosophy. Well, I don't know so much if I have a philosophy as much as I do. I'd like to try and source as much as I can locally, utilizing you know the various uh, growers and producers mm. in the area. I, I'm just out to really put together some good food. I love it when it's unique, when you don't see it on anywhere uh you know any other menus anywhere a lot of my inspirations will come from my travels um, I do like to travel a lot over to Europe and throughout uh, Central America and such and you know every now and then uh, I'll just see something on a menu that I think you know what if we had that in Texas and I put this little spin on it here or that little spin on it there mm -hmm. then we'd have something truly unique and that's my absolute passion is when I get in the kitchen being able to create in sourcing of your raw ingredients, to what degree are you able to source locally, regionally? You know, it depends on the season. Obviously, at this time of year, as we're recording this January or February, we don't have a whole lot of produce coming in. But, uh, you know, we get involved with the local farmer's market, try and meet some vendors out there in order to get some stuff. Um, I have a great guy who does mushrooms, I have people who do cheese, I have some meats and stuff that I'm able to get a hold of, so we get a wide range. And peaches. And peaches, yeah. yes, absolutely. You do a cobbler? <laughs> <laughs> we do a peach crisp, yes, okay. a honey lavender peach crisp. Coming up pretty soon, huh? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. In fact, uh, we just got a report that uh, peaches ought to be pretty good this year. So. Nice. Don't blow the blossoms away. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Anything you want to add? Any secrets you're holding back? <laughs> Any secrets I'm holding back? Well, I guess for anyone that's ever been here or is uh, considering coming out here, if you've enjoyed our recipes or uh, you're uh, 
someone who enjoys cooking quite a bit. I did put out a cookbook a few years back um, that we're quite proud of. And the name of the book is? Texas Hill Country Cuisine. And it's still available Yes, online. it is. Yes, you can get it off Amazon or you can get it here at the restaurant. And uh, has all of our favorite recipes in it. So, Talk to us about signature dishes and what people come here expecting and seeking out. Sure. Well, our menu is pretty wide-ranging. About two years ago, we were featured on a particular episode of what's called the Texas Bucket List, which is a foodie-type show here in Texas. It's got good syndication. And they featured our, well, now famous lobster top chicken fried ribeye with uh, green chili gravy. And ever since then, that particular menu item has been one that good 70% of the people walking in the door are asking for. And did you make that up? Absolutely. And, you know, for years and years, I resisted putting a chicken fried steak on the menu, which is a classic in Texas. Mm -hmm. And the reason I resisted is, you know, you can find it anywhere. We don't do anything that you can find anywhere else. So one day I thought to myself, well, if I keep getting asked for this, I better find a way to go ahead and put it on the menu. Mm -hmm. And we played and played and tried to come up with some original interpretations. And I thought to myself, well, first off, let's upgrade the meat. We'll go with a ribeye. And secondly, let's top that off with some lobster and then throw in some good chilies in there. And I think we'll have something unique. And it, it stands out and it's a, a crowd favorite, that's for sure. That's really cool. Before we go, another signature classic that people come seeking out. Well, I hate to go the chicken fried route again, mm -hmm. but <laughs> one of our most popular desserts and one that uh, it's a love it or hate it dessert, but the people who love it come back screaming for it. It's a, we do a chicken fried pecan pie and we pair it up with wow. a chocolate Jack Daniels ice cream. And uh, to be quite honest, it's, it's pretty spectacular. That's really cool. Now you're making me hungry again. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, to learn more about your world, website where would you direct somebody where are you located so uh we're located in fredericksburg texas uh, we're about two miles south of main street on highway 16 and our website is either cabernetgrill.com or cottonginvillage.com depending on whether you're looking for the lodging or the restaurant and my name is ross burwell Ross, thank you so much. What a great day and wonderful dining here, too. Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, speaking with you this afternoon and enjoyed it immensely. That's mutual. I'm your host, Tom Wilmer, reporting from Fredericksburg, Texas. We'll see you here. The intro and outro underbed music was performed by renowned hill country musician John Arthur Martinez, based in the historic town of Marble Falls. Funding for Journeys of Discovery with Tom Wilmer is provided by the Foundation at Hearst Castle, where donors and members experience exclusive events that recreate what it was like to be a guest of William Randolph Hearst, from swimming in the iconic Neptune pool to dining in Hearst's private guesthouse overlooking the Pacific Ocean. The Foundation at Hearst Castle's ongoing mission is to support the conservation and restoration of Hearst Castle while offering youth programs for underserved students, preserving the past and inspiring future generations of dreamers. 
These children experience a world of science, technology, engineering, art, and math at Hearst Castle STEAM, along with studying the legacy of Julia Morgan, one of the most important women in the history of engineering and architecture. The foundation at Hearst Castle not only changes the lives of children, but also provides lifetime memories and unrivaled experiences for our generous donors and members. Discover how you can become a member by going to foundation at hearstcastle.com and learn how you can support this unique and invaluable mission. You've been listening to the Lowell Thomas award-winning travel show Journeys of Discovery with Tom Wilmer, a featured podcast on NPR.org's podcast directory. You are invited to subscribe to Journeys of Discovery with Tom Wilmer on NPR.org, NPR One, iTunes, Stitcher.com, and more than 20 other podcast channels around the world. To learn more about Tom Wilmer's journeys around America and the world, log on to thomaswilmer.com. This is Roseanne Cash, and I'm sitting here with Tom Wilmer. Please support your local NPR station. I listen to WNYC in New York, and in fact, NPR is all I listen to. If I didn't have NPR, I would feel like my lifeline to the world has been cut. So yes, please support your local NPR station. See that gal with the red dress on, some folks call her Dinah. Stole my heart away from me way down in Louisiana. Take me back to Texas, I'm too young to marry. Take me back to Texas, I'm too young to marry. Blossom and the little bee makes the honey. Poor man throws the cotton, the rich man makes some money. Take me back to Texas, I'm too young to marry. Take me back to Texas, I'm too young to marry. I laid my head down on the track I thought about that gal of mine Gradually eased it back Take me back to Texas I'm too young to marry Take me back to Texas I'm too young to marry This country, music by the hour, always worth this great big smile. We never do look sour. Take me back to Texas, I'm too young to marry. 
Take me back to Texas I'm too young to marry Take me back to Texas I'm too young to marry Take me back to Texas I'm too young to marry One and a two and a one, two, three. Talk Susie, walk and talk Susie, walk and talk Susie. Take me back to Texas, I'm too young to marry. Take me back to Texas, I'm too young to marry. Come on, take me back to Texas, I'm too young to marry. Take me back to Texas, I'm too young to wed. Me. 